Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Holmes and Watson. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Oh my god, who is that? We're back. It's elementary, my dear Gordon. We are back. This is completely unexpected. I had no idea this call was happening today to record this podcast. No, I sprung it on you. Completely sprung I did what I never ever do and called someone. <laughs> what, I, what I believe should be a crime. It should be. And will be a crime, which is an unscheduled call. Yeah, un- unscheduled telephone calls. Truly the worst thing you can possibly do and what i did was i messaged you and i said would you like to jump on a call oh my god that's the worst thing isn't it when someone like oh would you mind just hopping on a call with me i loathe that phrase so much i think when i think of it i just imagine myself putting my phone on the floor and then jumping on it (laughs) literally like smashing it to smithereens with my boot which is the best thing to do um (laughs) when when someone suggests that you hop on a call is destroy the method on which they will be able to call you yeah but, you know, I would never mind if you wanted to hop on a call, because here we are. We're having a call, and it's good. Exactly. It's great exactly. to be back. We've been away for about six weeks, seven, six or seven weeks, almost a couple of months, actually. We had episode 250, um, concluding Austin April, and actually, yeah, that was April, and now it's June. Um, oh, it was going to be Schneid Loon, wasn't it? We kind of, yeah, <laughs> haven't quite gotten that one Schneid done, Loon. have we? Oh, I, f- I, you know what? I only just remembered that. I completely forgot. My <laughs> can... my new baby son has kind of thrown that out the window. He's, he's already a very naughty boy. He's not a fan of um, of Rob Schneider. No, he's not. He's <laughs> he's he's already seen Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo, and decided he doesn't like it. It's too lowbrow for him. He prefers the yeah. comedy starlings of Holmes and Watson. Yeah, of course. He's like, if it hasn't got Will Ferrell saying the word wank in it quite a few times in a very, very bad but hilarious English accent, then then I don't want to know. It's not for him. It's not for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, it's great to be back and great film? to have this film. I'm good. Yeah, not getting a lot of sleep, obviously, with two children around. When, if you only have one one child, right, when it's a baby, you can sleep when they sleep. You know, obviously I'm back at work now as well, so that doesn't help. But like, whatever day it is, whether you're working or whatever, if you've got another child who's older, they're going to wake up at six o'clock. You've, not, you've got no other option. I can't leave him to fend for himself. You know, I can't, I can't, you know, send him out into the wild to start cutting trail or whatever. You know, <laughs> I need to look after both children, and that's it's a, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie, it's a lot of work, but it is extremely joyful and fun and wonderful. See, at some point you're going to hit that peak moment where the oldest child can look after the youngest child, and yep. then and then everything's smooth sailing. That's what I understand about parenting. Yeah, that's why you have multiple children, right? <laughs> Speaking as yeah. an only child, <laughs> there, there's t- there's two reasons to have multiple children: one for the older child to look after the younger child, so you can get stuff done, and two so that they can become millionaires and look after you when you're old. 
Yeah, that's those exactly. are the only two reasons to have multiple children, as far as I understand it. That's definitely going to work out well for our generation, which is the first one in in, a, in many centuries to be poorer than their parents, right? <laughs> Speaking on average, <laughs> exactly. But you know what that means? That just means that our children are going to be double rich. Yeah, no, they're all going to be rich from like buying houses in the metaverse and selling NFTs and stuff. Do you reckon? Here we go again with the NFTs before we even get to Holmes and Watson. I've just been reading about it a lot. I want a Holmes and Watson NFT. That's what D- I want. Did you see the worst NFT announced today? Um, no. The Sex Pistols are doing oh, NFTs. No. Of, of course they God are. God save the Queen NFTs for the least punk punk band of all time. Because of course they are. You know what? I I you know what? I'm going to say I never want to ever hear the Sex Pistols or any of their music or anything about them ever again. They're done. <laughs> their their time in history is done. Their influence is done. We've moved on. We've progressed past the need for the Sex Pistols. And I say this because every time I open up social media right now, it's advertising me that like biopic show oh, the Sex Pistols. Show. I don't want to watch yeah. that. Boring. Has it got John C. Riley chomping into an onion? Like, really, really chowing down? If it hasn't got that, I don't want to see it. The only thing that maybe is a saving grace about the TV show is that apparently our main man, Jonathan Rotten... What's his real name? Yeah, Jonathan Rotten. Uh, John Lydon's his real name, isn't it? That's John, the one, yeah. John, John established John Butterman. Lydon. Um he apparently really hates it and didn't want them to make it. Oh, so good. <laughs> that might be a saving grace for... That's a good reason to like it. A bit like how one of the best re- best things about Sherlock Holmes is that I'm sure that it has irritated anyone who actually likes Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> well, I think that's genuinely... Um, one last thing about the Sex Pistols. They're a, they're a manufactured boy band. That's all they are. Sorry, people who think they're a punk band. They're not. And yep. they stopped making music in, what, 1978, 1979? Yes, around then. Um, they were only active for, yeah, like two years or something. They did one mediocre album. If you want to listen to punk music, go and listen to The Clash. Sorry, guys, they're right there. They're way yeah. better. They did one mediocre album and they said, fuck on TV. Woo! And they wore Nazi paraphernalia. Well done, yeah. guys. Slow round of applause for you. The, you know, the Clash had a really long and interesting career, made loads of albums, went in loads of different directions, did what they wanted. You know, they've got they've got stuff like, you know, I fought the law and White Riot and all that really raw stuff. And then you got Rock the Casbah. You're like, where did that come from? That's like one of the greatest songs ever made. Well, exactly. The, the Clash could like play it. Anarchy in the UK. The Sex Pistols could never play Rock the Casbah. No, that's never. That, that's just that's just science. Right that would there. be terrible. <laughs> it's just science. Right. Um. Anyway, so yes. Did you? we usually do this at the end of the show but maybe you might bring it forward just if you have it to hand did you look up any like reviews of Holmes and Watson by Sherlock Holmes fans or no <laughs> I, I didn't actually no. okay, I didn't either maybe we should try and find one I remember get it, this I, I do remember this movie getting widely panned by critics in general and I assume that at least some of those people were people who were too fond of either the original stories or of um the awful tv show oh what the the cumberbatch show yes the my, very very clever cumberbatch show my I've never seen it. um my favorite um sherlock holmes adaptation is actually the one with robert downey jr in and jude law 
Oh yeah, you you'd mentioned this to me before. Yeah, it looks rubbish. It looks like something I would hate. <laughs> it's actually the only good Sherlock Holmes adaptation is Basil the Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> okay, no, actually that's true. There's two. There's two adaptations that I like. You've got Basil, um, and yeah, I actually don't mind the Robert Downey Jr. one. I think it's okay. It still plays a little bit too much into that slow motion freeze time. I'm a super detective thing that happens. Right. Um, which but, is brilliantly pastiched in Holmes and Watson. I'm going to put that out it there. It is. Um, before we get started on this, can I just say, this movie is way better than anyone said it was. Yes, um, I, I totally agree. We, we, we joked before doing this episode that we were going to come onto this episode, and regardless of how bad the movie was, we were going to talk about how good it is. But legitimately, legitimately, I really enjoyed this film, and I thought it was really good fun. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's very funny. It really takes the piss out of Sherlock Holmes, which is, I think, all of our moral duty to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's 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 great. I really I really enjoyed it. I mean, this this isn't a movie that's going to win any awards, but it did make me laugh out loud, and it made me laugh out loud quite regularly. Now, the, the, which begs the the very important question we have to ask on this show, which is, is it a shit piece? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, because it is it terrible. Is like you know, yeah. when you're watching it, you you know that you're watching it. Going, yeah, I know that this film is is objectively bad, but at the same time, it's very very funny and enjoyable and entertaining to watch, and has lots of things that are good about it. So yeah, you know, you know that it's a film that critics would hate, and I think audiences hated it as well. I think <laughs> I, the box office figures. I think it was like it cost fifty million to make, and it made forty nine at the box office. Oh, that's not, that's that's not the worst. I've, no, there's there's worse than that around. Could be much worse. Um, yeah, it's it's I, I it's a movie that I enjoyed, and I know some of that is out of spite because I don't like Sherlock Holmes, um, and I enjoyed something that was mean about Sherlock Holmes. But I genuinely did enjoy this as a as a jokey take on. It kind of reminded me of things like Churchill, the Hollywood Years, or I've never seen um, that, which is a, a a sort of American movie spin on Winston Churchill. It's very silly. Right. That um, sounds good because also anyone who like cares about Winston Churchill needs to be satirized. <laughs> well, I think yeah, it, it's a similar kind of viewpoint of nostalgia of iconic pop culture figures and obviously Winston Churchill is more than just a historical figure he's also a pop culture woman you see his face on t-shirts and everything like that yeah um, and obviously I don't know about you but when I was 15 we were all going down Camden Market to buy band t-shirts they were selling all these ones with Winston Churchill on as well was it all the say, all boys wanted a Winston Churchill t-shirt <laughs> was it was it a take on the Sex Pistols Anarchy in the UK ones where it said patriarchy in the UK oh yeah and he's got he's got like a cigar coming out of his mouth and then Ricky Gervais came along and did that same pose. And we were like, yeah, man. Cool. You're so edgy. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky Gervais. Did you know Ricky Gervais is 60 years old? He is 60 years old. It it doesn't show in, in the things that he does, does it? It doesn't show in his work at all. He doesn't come across as a cantankerous old git in his comedy, does he? Um, yeah, I, I hear that all of the best anti-establishment figures are very old, rich white men. <laughs> If there's, the one, if there's one thing I've learnt this year from Elon Musk, Jonathan Rotten, and Richard <laughs> Ricky Gervais, it's that they can be trusted to tell us who is and isn't the establishment. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and they can also be trusted to sell us coins and NFTs. There we go again. <laughs> 
But anyway, <laughs> Holmes fair, and Watson. I, I, I don't think Ricky Gervais has done an NFT. You know it's coming. You just know it's coming. <laughs> it's going to be a picture of him doing that that Churchill bulldog pose, isn't it? Yeah, or, you just or know him it's coming with that atheist. You know the one where he's on the cross with atheist. He's, oh yeah, he's got, yeah. He's got the microphone stand across his arms like it's the cross, and he's got atheist written on his chest. He'll do that as an real edgy buddy. Did you know that he's he's an atheist? I, I didn't actually know. He's never mentioned it in any of his work ever. Uh, there, there, there's this very interesting story about it actually, where um, this man um, he's in a plane crash, right, and um, it's in the middle of the ocean, but he's lucky that he manages. He's doing a bit. He, I'm not. This is serious. This is serious. This is genuinely okay. serious. It's about Ricky Gervais and the role that he played in this man's survival, and um, and the, the 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 plane landed in the ocean, and he was the only survivor. And luckily, somehow he survived this crash, and he washed up on this desert island, this this unreported island in the middle of the Atlantic, and um, he was there. And luckily, there was like some some plants there that he could eat, and some fruit trees and stuff. But obviously, he couldn't stay there for long, so he was starting to build this this raft out of driftwood and, and bits of plane and things like that. When he noticed this um, this passenger pigeon, this passenger pigeon flying towards him, and it landed there on this island, right? And he noticed it was it was a it was a carrier pigeon. It had a little note on its on its um, front. It had one of those little pouches. So he took it out and he started reading this message. And it said, uh, "From Richard Ricky Gervais, I'm an atheist." <laughs> End. That's a good story. I like that story. <laughs> I'm going to tell I'm, it to my son tomorrow as a bedtime story. I think I'm going to get that illustrated as a picture book. Um, yeah, I'm, I apologise for the probable audio spike then, but I think it was needed. It's <laughs> all so, right. I'm very, very good at editing audio. That's one thing I've been doing since I've been making lo-fi music. I've actually like really progressed in my technical skill around audio editing. Not that this podcast ever needed it, but you know, it, it really shows in. Um, Promote your lo-fi music. It's really good. Give it a plug now. Yeah, yeah, I will. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna change the jazzy piano that we've had for the last 200 episodes, or however many it was before I changed it from being honky-tonk, badonkadonk, because I didn't want Trace Adkins <laughs> to sue us. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to change it for one of my tracks. But yeah, the intro and outro music is by me under the alias Richter FM, which is my... My lo-fi alias, I've got an EP on Spotify and I've got a bunch of video game covers that I'm working on getting onto Spotify thanks to the licensing issues um, and some stuff on YouTube. Cover of Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, which is very popular now because and it's in the charts again because kids have discovered Kate Bush because of Stranger Things 4. Here we go. I love how it all comes around. I haven't watched it, have you? I've not watched Series 4 yet, no. It's on my to-watch list along with um, The New Boys uh, which is out now. But this is not me speaking as Paddy's friend. This is me speaking as a fan of lo-fi music. It's really good, and you should all listen to it. It's oh, gen- thanks, genuinely amazing stuff. I appreciate um, that, because I know you, you've been, you're quite discerning about your, how you like lo-fi stuff as well. I've, I've definitely heard you pooping on lo-fi music before, if it's <laughs> yeah, not good I, enough, I, if it's I'm, just some beats and some rain sounds, you're not down with that. I am, I am a lo-fi music purist. I know what I like, and I like the good shit and Richter FM is the good shit, and you can put that on the front of your um, your artwork. Rob That's what I'm going to do. This is yeah. the good shit. When the um, next one comes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, genuinely go and listen to it. It's, it's really, really good. Um, I've been doing some music as well, actually. Obviously, yeah. I, I released a song uh, back in, was it April? Yes, it was, yeah, because we managed to preview it on the show, didn't we? Yes, yeah. And then um, I've, I've hit a 1,000 plays on Spotify with it. 
That's I, very good. I huh? don't know how it managed to do that. I checked the other day, and in its second month, it still managed to get 91 unique listeners. I'm like, what's going on? Who's listening to this song? Well, if you're listening fans to this, of this song, show, clearly. Maybe, maybe. Um, but, um, but yeah, I've got more to come, actually. I, I want to record some more stuff. I'm not making any big plans. I'm just recording things that I like. You're and, doing what you actually want to do. Which is nice, yeah. Um, which I feel like is what we do with this show, as we talked about before, right? We just talk yeah, about whatever we, we, we want. Yeah, we talk about whatever we want. We do whatever we want, and that's what makes it nice, is we don't have, we don't want to take over the podcasting world with this thing. We just want to be two cheeky boys talking about cheeky films in a cheeky yeah. way. Cheek boys <laughs> do, do cheek. cheek. Yeah. <laughs> we should just change our name to the Cheeky Boys. Or is that too much like the Cheeky Girls? It's a little, a little too close to Cheeky Girls, maybe. Who remembers the Cheeky Girls? When, when are the kids gonna like discover the Cheeky Girls and get them on TikTok and get them back in the charts? That's what, what about, I want to know. Which one of them was married to Lembit Opic? Oh, I don't know. I don't know their names, but yeah, one of them was married to Lembit Opic, who was, if you remember, <laughs> who he was. He was a Liberal Democrat MP, kind of a goofy guy. Because he was. He was um, Lembit Opic. Obviously, this was this was big news in um, in ce- minor celebrities in the UK. Lembit Opic. Oh, did he go MP. on? Um, I'm a celebrity. Maybe he did. Actually, I do remember I he like did he like did. a he did a wrestling thing where he got hurt. <laughs> um, do you, do you I, remember? I wish that? more MPs he, would do that. Tory ones. He was he was he was challenged to do a wrestling match with a wrestler, and then turned <laughs> up and got the shit kicked out of him in the wrestling ring that sounds vaguely familiar um this all sounds like stuff from a simpler time doesn't it <laughs> it does but but yeah it was it was a big scandal at the time because he was engaged to sean lloyd famous weather presenter for That's itv right. weather but then he dumped her he left her for uh one of the cheeky girls that's right yeah minor british celebrity news this is this is the good stuff. This is what everyone wants to hear. <laughs> Welcome to minor celebrity newscast, everybody. Yeah, from ten years ago, fifteen years ago. <laughs> oh, longer than know. that. This must have been. Yeah, this must have been the mid two thousands, mustn't it? I don't know what year it is. Truly, anymore. yeah, truly cursed timeline. Um, yeah. Holmes and Watson came out in twenty eighteen, but it somehow feels older, doesn't it? It does. It does. Sorry, it feels like a hidden, hidden gem, a sort of a let, hidden classic. Let's get back to talking about this. So, do do you know a little bit about the creation of Holmes and Watson? This movie. Yes, I understand that it was it's, it was in development hell for a long time because originally it was supposed to be Sasha Baron Cohen as Holmes and Will Ferrell as Watson, and then Sasha Baron Cohen obviously didn't do it and it languished, but will ferrell then took on the role of holmes yes yeah that's exactly right so it, i think that would have been amazing casting actually sasha baron cohen as a comedic sherlock holmes i, I think, think he would, would have done a really, really good well. job with this um not to say that i don't enjoy will ferrell and john c Riley, and i don't think it would have been a shit piece without the casting decisions that this movie no. ended up on it might have been too good it, Sasha it Baron might Cohen, have, that's it? the thing it might have been too good with <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen whereas with this um can I just point out from the first moment of this movie you get to witness the worst English accents you'll ever hear in anything <laughs> and it carries on for a whole 90 minutes it does they they stick to these terrible English accents and I've got to think that it's a deliberate choice of course it is. Um, yeah. It's so funny. Like the, the 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 way that Sherlock Holmes in this movie says Moriarty had me Moriarty. in stitches every Moriarty 
every time <laughs> made me laugh out loud it was truly spectacular um it's it's really good but obviously this movie is a um it's it's a it's a it takes the piss out of sherlock holmes tropes quite a lot yeah um the the whole thing about it is making fun of different parts of Sherlock and making fun of different parts of those old-fashioned pre-noir detective stories yeah as well um, and it does it in a way that at times is very very labored and you know every, every joke is really really labored and i think that turns off a lot of people but if you can look past that to the pure goof factor then it's very enjoyable <laughs> yeah and and this is a movie with absolute goofiness um just a couple of highlights of obviously if if you've ever seen the sherlock tv show uh you know the slow down super brain of sherlock holmes and this i movie... actually never watched it oh have you not Ah, oh, it's not worth watching. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. Fans. I feel like this was a good life decision. Yeah, I, I, I roundly hated it. Not because of Cumberbatch, who I think was good, and and I thought the the, the casting and everything was good. But I think he's a good, written, if overrated actor. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think there's certain things I like when he has a differ a difficult role to sink his teeth into. I think that's when he's at his best. Um, but I think all too often he gets cast in stuff that's a little bit too easy yeah um which which isn't his which isn't his forte i think he works best when he's got something challenging to do he's got a very special place in my heart because we have um you know a few years ago they did like a sequel to the snowman called the snowman and the snow dog yes yeah. um that was on channel four well they also released a book around the time and my son my older son loves it um and it the the edition that we have came with an audio cd and it's narrated by benedict cumberbatch and you know around christmas time and sometimes when it's not christmas time he wants to listen to that in the car so i've listened to it many 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 times while driving him around and he narrates it really really nicely oh amazing that's really good to know yeah um yeah i i i I like him i think i think you're right he's a little bit overrated people people big him up a little bit too much but he is he is good at what he does and Um, he was in nathan barley and he was in Nathan Barley. How dare we forget? Did you see The Power of the Dog? No, I didn't. That was good. Grim, grim cowboy stuff is always yeah. nice. Well, not nice, but... Grim good. cowboy stuff always gets awards, doesn't it? It does. It does. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So so obviously he was in the, the BBC Sherlock. And the BBC Sherlock had these stupid slowdown scenes where he was like, I'm a super detective. I'm going to work this out in record time and move my hands around. And, and this movie makes fun of those. And there's a couple of those that had me absolutely howling. The yeah. first one being... Um, a weeing uh, scene. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the, the one I was going to bring up as the pinnacle of this movie's comedy. The first one is where... Um, he gets out a bat to try and... Is it a mosquito he's smashing? Oh, that's right, yeah. He, he, a fly he, or There's a fly that or... lands on this glass canister that include, that has killer bees inside. And Sherlock Holmes does this whole calculation thing of exactly how far he has to swing the bat and how hard he has to swing it to kill the fly without smashing it. And obviously he smashes it and all the killer bees come out and it's very funny. But the all best while they're of, late for Moriarty's trial. Moriarty's <laughs> trial. Um... <laughs> But then the best one, and genuinely had me laughing so much, is Holmes and Watson go out and get drunk. And then 
<laughs> there's a bit where they're weeing in the street, as you do if you're Sherlock Holmes. Yes, yeah. um, and, and you he- knew that this film was going to have pee. It's going to have poo. There's a really long like puking scene as well. Yeah, which is something that we mark other films down for. But somehow, if it's Will Ferrell in a Sherlock Holmes outfit, you're like, yes, I'll take <laughs> it. It works somehow. The toilet humor in this movie works. I think because of the outfits and everything. Um, but yeah, there's this scene where they've been out drinking, and then he does this like calculation in his head about how to wee in the street, and he does it all, and then he's like oh i didn't take my trousers down i'm pissing myself (laughs) and that that's like a joke with a punchline and a lot of the jokes in the film don't have that kind of punchline and they just labor the point but yeah that was very good it's yeah it really made me laugh a lot um and that kind of deliberate silliness and uh that that kind of thing i think works incredibly well in this movie um and and you know it it takes the piss out of sherlock holmes a lot but I think it also gets to the heart of the unbalanced relationship between Holmes and Watson. I think this understands Sherlock Holmes in a way that some adaptations don't, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I honestly am not overly familiar with the original source material. I've never actually read one of the books. I think I more have absorbed stuff about Sherlock Holmes from popular culture. I don't know if I've ever actually watched or like a full Sherlock Holmes thing. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. If if you've read any of the um any of the books or anything no i haven't um because there's the famous one the hounds of, the hound of the the hounds hound, of love hounds of, yeah kate bush is back in the charts um which is a little bit different uh from most of most of the sherlock holmes stuff yeah it's if it's got a killer dog in it that's the one i'm probably gonna like <laughs> um which to be fair it's um it's closest to the origins of these kind of detectives if it does have a killer animal in it, doesn't it? Because obviously you've got the murder at Rue Morgue, which has a, a killer killer orangutan as its, right. as its, as its villain, famously. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, they're, they're interesting, Sherlock Holmes, in a way, because they kind of created this archetypal... Uh, detective character that you'd then see emulated over and over and over again these copies of copies of copies that yeah. came down the line until you had the likes of the big sleep where there was this major shift in how detectives looked um but up until that point you had these curious quirky otherworldly perfect detectives almost and that's the kind of thing that everyone thinks is so brilliant when they solve the mystery yeah there's this inscrutable quality to the detective which is then bigged up by the people around them and that's a big part of the sherlock holmes stories is that watson is this sort of dullard who doesn't quite understand what's going on and has this big love for sherlock holmes who is this genius Um, even though watson's a doctor he is, yeah. Um, and and there's there's worse people than that in the Sherlock Holmes stories in terms of people who don't understand Sherlock it's Holmes. He's probably not a real doctor. He's probably got a PhD in literature. <laughs> yeah, who'd have a PhD in literature, <laughs> eh? Um, but um, but yeah, it's um, but yeah, and I think this movie gets to the heart of that where you've got these scenes where it's genuinely malicious the relationship between the two, where Sherlock Holmes understands the power dynamic he has with Watson and uses it to his advantage. Yeah, no, they they do that brilliantly, where he's like poisoning him intentionally and doing all this stuff. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that the scene at the beginning where he's like, "I wish you were dead," that kind of thing. You know, it really gets to the heart of what what these kind of power dynamics in these traditional uh, detective stories were actually all about 
in a way that I think, yeah, a lot of a lot of adaptations don't get that quite as well. No, not at all. And then obviously that that actually becomes the story at the very end of the climax. That becomes the thing that it hangs off when they need a, a thing to to make it a problem before the end of the film that they can swiftly resolve. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They, uh, there's all it's all has a nice little resolution at the end, doesn't it? Yeah, spoiler alert, he accuses Watson of being the murderer, and he's not the murderer. <laughs> yeah. It's their housekeeper, who is Moriarty's daughter. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is it, it all does get a bit silly. It, the way that I kind of thought about this movie is it feels a lot like the less good adaptations of Saturday Night Live sketches. Mm. So obviously you had the likes of Blues Brothers and Wayne's World, which were huge successes off the back of initial sketches. And, this and even Austin like, Powers, actually. And, and Austin Powers, The character yeah. came from SNL, yeah. Um, whereas this kind of feels like one of the lesser ones of that, in a way, where they had a very successful sketch where Will Ferrell played Sherlock Holmes and John C. Riley played Dr. Watson, and then that was so popular that they tried to extrapolate it over a 90-minute runtime. And that's kind of what this feels like, where there's lots of good jokes, but plot-wise, they don't really know what to do with it. And yeah, I mean, I don't. I think if end. you're watching this film for the plot, you're wasting your time. <laughs> yeah, but it's still but, worth mentioning, p- particularly the end. The end when when all of the thing resolves itself. Um, the whole plot is someone's going to kill the queen, and Sherlock Holmes is going to stop find out who it is. That, yeah. that's that's the plot, and the resolution of that is awful. Let's be honest. It, it's 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 really boring and derivative, and nobody cares. What matters about this movie is all of the stupid jokes they cram in in every second, just to fill it out. And all of that stuff is great. I'm the pacing is really bizarre, it. isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah, about that, half an hour in, you're like, nothing has happened, what, and then suddenly what everything's pacing, happening. Paddy, there is yeah. no pacing, <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly ten minutes later, you're like. Oh, 40 minutes in, this feels like the end of the film. It's a Dardarist nightmare in the form of a slapstick comedy. That's what this movie is. Are we going to have something to advance the plot now? Oh no, they're going to go back to the eating onions like an apple joke again and do that again. And I was like, yes, come on. Which That's to, what I and, and to be fair, so I, really disgusting. En- I really enjoyed it in that way, though. You're right. That's a real visceral reaction to the horror of someone eating an onion like an apple, which is what Fred West used to do. Really? Did you know? Yes. I didn't know that. Fred West used to eat apples like other people eat, uh, used to eat onions like other people eat, eat apples. He used to eat apples like other people eat onions. He'd chop them up He'd really small them, and fry them. Chop them up and fry them and put them on a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> that actually sounds good. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, pork and apple. Yeah, pork and apple. It's a good combination. And I'm now craving like a hog roast bap. Have you ever had a Chicago style hot dog? Yes. Is it good? Covered in all of the good things. Awful. Yes. No, it's very good. What's and and I really like a, deep dish pizza as well. You've got a, I think I yeah, deep dish Chicago. pizza is amazing. I've never been to Chicago, but I've had it elsewhere and it's amazing. Because Chicago style hot dogs, you've got you've got a giant pickle, you've got slices of fresh tomato. A, it's basically a relish. onions relish. It's covered in it's basically like covered in like pizza stuff on a hot dog, is my but understanding. No no ketchup is the big thing. No, because no you've got the relish. You don't need ketchup and relish. And fresh tomato on there. I mean, it, it sounds awful. I'm not going to lie. As someone who doesn't like pickles and doesn't like fresh tomatoes. Uh, okay. If you don't like pickles, you might struggle. But I had a very nice one in a diner once. I think I'll stick to chili dogs, personally. Nothing but wrong with chili dogs. I like I like a hot dog where you could never eat it as nature intended with your hands. <laughs> it's Sonic the Hedgehog's favourite food. You know yeah, it's going to oh, be good. You know it's going to be good if Sonic likes it, don't you? Yeah. Um... 
but yeah, there, there's no there's no chili dogs or or Chicago style hot dogs in this movie. But what there is is a scene where they eat onions and a scene where they puke. Yeah, <laughs> they puke a lot. And yeah, it goes on for a really, really long grotesquely. Um, but, but and doing that thing where like it's like it's like every joke in this film is is like the puke, right? You think it's done, and then suddenly he goes. <laughs> I would say Will Ferrell is a very good puke actor. He is a very good puke actor. And also, he and John C. Riley do have a natural comedic skill to them, don't they? Yes. Um, they have great chemistry. There's just something very, very funny whenever the two of them are on scene or on screen together. You know, the likes of um, Step Brothers, for instance. Is, I've not is seen very that. Good. Oh, got to watch that. It's very good. Um, but you've also got really good one off jokes that come out of nowhere. Um, there's that scene where John C. Riley is lactating, which is <laughs> definitely a choice they made with this movie. Yep. Um, you've got the scene where they go undercover and Sherlock Holmes puts on a mustache and that completely stumps Watson. Yeah. Uh, which is genuinely really well done. It, it's a joke that's been done time and time again, but the, the, the sheer chemistry between the two of them makes it work, even though you've seen that kind of joke done over and over. But one of the things I really loved about this film was there's one-off lines of dialogue in this movie that are genuinely extremely funny. Um, yep. Just a few of my, my favourite examples here. Um, Let go of that boy, I want her dead. <laughs> was brilliant in a scene where there's two children fighting and they're and they're betting yeah. on them in a in like a corner of a pub uh yep uh hot loins for sale i don't even remember the context of that <laughs> have you just written these down i've got I've some just, stuff i've written down that i can't remember <laughs> i've just written that down um i think my favorite though was you mentioned uh offline don't wank on us yeah a brilliant line but the line just <laughs> don't before, wank on us but the line just before that is the one that made me laugh out loud which is uh these are the wages of wanking <laughs> The just, thing is that just, they, they, the guy has supposedly condemned himself to death because wanking causes death. As yeah, they th- thought. Th- there's lots of jokes in this movie about the poor like Victorian science of the Victorian science, era. Yeah. Um, and one of them is that onanism kills you. And and that comes up time and time again with, um, with not Moriarty, um, the person who's pretending to be Moriarty, who is an onanist, and they joke about wanking constantly <laughs> throughout yeah. this movie. Yeah. How many synonyms for wanking can you put into one scene? It's it's truly something. It, it almost that scene almost reminded me of the weeing scene in Austin Powers. Oh effect, yeah, <laughs> where it went on for so long that it went round to being funny again. Yeah, um, the Stuart Lee joke. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, it's those kind of moments or the bits where they're drunk telegramming um, Rebecca Lane's character, Rebecca Hall's yeah. character, and Watson just gets his, his penis out and puts it on the desk. Yeah. Um, it's just like, what? why have you made this decision in this film? What does this add to the movie? Um, what it added was making me laugh at something that made zero sense whatsoever. Exactly. Like I keep coming back to the onions because there just like was no need for it at all. <laughs> just completely apropos of absolutely nothing. It, you're completely right. It adds. It and there's adds... a thing. Why are they shooting bees with a gun? There's no need <laughs> for any of it. But that's part of why it works. This this it feels like if um, if Garth Marenghi made a Sherlock Holmes adaptation. 
that's kind of what this feels like as a film. A lot of guns. Um, lots of lots of guns, lots of real nonsensical non sequiturs everywhere. It's um yeah, it's really I've never seen anything quite like this. No, that's right. It has got a very, very unique and weird tone, hasn't it? Yeah, it's like Which if it wasn't funny would be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, but it but it is funny, that's the thing. It's 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 kind of Anchorman-esque in in terms of the absurd yeah. the absurdity and the fantasy of the situation that they're in. Yeah, it's I love lamp and Sex Panther style humor, isn't it? Yeah, it's very much like that, but it does work most of the time. But if yeah, if you're going into this to actually have a coherent movie, then you're not going to get that. But if you just want to laugh for ninety minutes at complete nonsense from two people who've done far better things than this. It's still well worth watching. Yeah, two people who are funny and good supporting cast as well. Steve Coogan's in there as a, as the kind of the, the patsy man in the pub. And then he brings up a wrestling man who looks suspiciously like popular singer Rag and Bone Man. <laughs> it really does. Is it Rag and Bone Man? I wasn't sure. I don't think it's actually him, but the music that they put on sounded a bit like that awful song that he does. I'm only human after all. That's the one. Is that the one? Um... <laughs> But yeah, the 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 um the supporting cast of this movie is genuinely amazing. You've got Ray Fiennes, you've got Rebecca Hall. Ray Fiennes is in this. Yeah. Um. Are, are you a fan of Rebecca Hall? Yeah. Yeah. She's she's, she's really good in this. She was in one of my favorite movies of it was either this year or the year before called The Night House, which is a very claustrophobic horror movie about grief and it's really really good i think it was released over here on disney plus actually so you should give it a watch at some point when your children aren't around but it's it's really good and she basically carries the entire movie on her own it's genuinely fantastic um and yeah it's a shame she ends up in this movie but she's she's been in some amazing things um i don't know if you've ever seen the film christine no um not the one about the killer car um it's uh it's about christine chubbuck who was a uh tv reporter uh back in the 1970s who was struggling with with mental health uh problems and it's a true story and it's about her her journey and it's truly amazing and truly shocking it's a great film um but she's been yeah all of these brilliant films over the year but also turns up in <laughs> Holmes and watson yeah you got rob but she started alongside um will ferrell in everything must go i don't know if you ever saw that oh yes she did that's one we should talk about at some point that is a really i really liked at the time that's a great movie we should watch that yeah Um, and also i remember her in um vicky christina barcelona which i watched before we knew we knew that woody allen was awful and his work can all go away and get in the bin Uh, but she was good in that Okay, yeah, I've never, I've never seen that actually. Well, you can't watch it now. <laughs> no, we can't. Um, she's also been the Gift, which is a very good film. Um, Joel Joel Edgerton directed, wrote, and starred in it, pulling off a Garth Marenghi on his own, but it actually worked incredibly well. Oh, brilliant! Um, it's uh, yeah, it's very good. I I like Joel Edgerton's films actually. Um, yeah, he's done some alright stuff. He's yeah. Did you have Did you watch Boy Erased in the end? No, I never it's saw just that. The one about um about conversion therapy. Um it's yeah, he's done some done some very good things. Um and he was of course in The Green Knight last year. Oh, I really want to see that. Good. Um and uh, It Comes at Night as well, which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies, truly brilliant. Um so yeah, he's uh, he's a goodun and um I don't know how we even got on to talking about about him. 
He's not in this movie. Where did that yeah, come six, from? Six degrees of separation. Six degrees. We've just been rambling. It's fine. But then, yeah, you've got Kelly McDonald as well, um, mm-hmm. who's who's really good. You've got Lauren Lapkus, who I don't know if you've seen in anything before. She looked familiar, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she's been in She's been in bits and bobs. Um, and uh, Pam Ferris as well. Yeah. As... <laughs> As as Queen Victoria, um, who, who did an excellent job, I thought. Yeah, who obviously has been in some iconic movies over the years. Pam Ferris, obviously, uh, Trunchbull in Matilda. Um, she's in Children of Men. She's in the Harry Potter. One of the Harry Potters, isn't she? Um, yeah, I can't remember which one. She's the aunt, isn't she? She's the the, the yes, aunt. that's right. Um, the mean aunt who gets blown up. But most importantly, she is in. Uh, Death to Smoochie, a movie oh, of we course. as the Iconic Irish mob film. leader Tommy Cotter, um, which is which is brilliant. So yeah, no, there's all these great names in this film, and you kind of wonder were all these people like signed on back in 2008 and just never cancelled their paperwork? Yeah, they just never never bothered it. It's like a subscription that you you never bothered to turn up, <laughs> and then suddenly you get a notification from your banking app that has charged you a hundred quid, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Did, yeah, gonna cash exactly that check. That. Sasha Baron like, Cohen was the only person who had the the guts to turn it off, <laughs> to to actually go through with calling someone up to cancel the subscription. Everyone else's agent was on an off day <clears> and just forgot that the the signed contract was there. Yeah, um, which yeah, it's, it, it is amazing the brilliant names that are in this film, and you're just like, how on earth did you all? all get in this movie? And but Billy yeah, Zane is in it as himself. Billy Zane's in it as a little cameo. Um, they go look there's Billy Zane and he's on the Titanic and because there's a whole thing about the ending being on the Titanic which is a very good joke that they labour over the course of the last the final scene where they're trying to save everyone from the Titanic being blown up yeah it's extremely stupid (laughs) Um, not only because of course uh, timeline wise yeah I guess that's probably a huge anachronism (laughs) there is 11 years between Queen Victoria dying and the Titanic sinking Um, so yeah, probably. Oh, it could have been worse. <laughs> it could have been worse. It certainly could have been worse. You're right. Um, th- there's a, there are a few things I didn't like about this movie. Um, the 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 constant jokes about Americans using guns was just a bit like, okay, fine. Um, and, and then he they... says hot ham dogs and hot burgers at yes. one point. Um, and then there's a there's a very laboured joke about Donald Trump. Which is just yeah. like, okay, I get what you're doing. You can stop it now. The, um, the very good American joke about I'm an American thing was when they were talking about cakes and saying, I like cakes stacked on top of cakes. We should open a restaurant and call it the International House of Cakes Stacked Upon Cakes. Yes, that made that, me laugh. That was good. Um, but um, but yeah, there are those... Um, that there are those just pretty fumbling jokes here and there. So it's not it's not all smash hits, but when it does land, it does land very well, doesn't it? It has a, an urchin actually saying no shit Sherlock, which is which you know they had to get in there somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um and it didn't do it didn't make its money back in terms of its budget versus uh box office performance. But it wasn't too far off. It was actually slightly better than you said. So oh. it was 41.9 million earned versus a 42 million budget. Oh, well, that's basically there. Which is basically there. And um, it actually 
uh, obviously that doesn't include things like the advertising, the marketing, the promotion. But to be honest, I don't remember them putting any money into that anyway <laughs> when this movie came out. So I, I don't remember think... seeing an advert for it on the side of a bus. No, no. Yeah. It's... yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they I don't think they they put too much into that kind of thing. So um, yeah, I can't imagine they lost too much money. No, and then they'll have all the licensing out to places like Netflix. The, yeah, the, it was the good, five good that this was on Netflix. On Blu-ray. Yeah, <laughs> who owns that film on Blu-ray? If that's you, get in touch. We'd love to have you as a guest on the show. I'd really want to hear about who owns this movie on Blu-ray. Yeah, um, special edition. Yeah, I'd I'd love to I'd love to hear love to love to hear from you. Get get in touch if you own this movie on Blu-ray. This is the kind of film that would have ended up in those old three movies for the price of one packs where you'd get oh, like Oh yeah. You'd you used get, to get on DVDs and it's one DVD box with three discs in it. So yeah. you have one on the left hand side and then two kind of on top of clipped on top of each other in a way that would definitely scratch them on the other side. Yeah, and you'd get this with like Anchorman two, not Anchorman one and talladega nights in oh a box set, yeah wouldn't you that's that's where you'd get this it would be in one of those box sets that's that's who would own this movie definitely um <laughs> yeah it's it's certainly something shall i talk a little bit about the the critical reception then yes please do so this movie did not do well with critics um it gets a 24 meta score from critics uh, the highest ranking it got was three out of five, uh, which was from Vulture. Um, apart from that, it got uh, two and a half stars from the Globe and Mail. Um, but generally, it was not very well received. So here's a few quotes. Um, <laughs> uh, this might be the worst feature length film ever made about the consultative detective from Baker Street, according to AV Club. Might be. Might be. <laughs> um, Say what you mean, mate. Don't uh, Rolling, Rolling Stone's David Fear said, you can only swindle audiences by thinking you simply throw A-list stars in anything and people will still show up, drooling like Pavlov's pups for so long before the echo in empty theatres is deafening. He's definitely That writer someone, thinks very highly of himself. He, he's definitely someone who read Hound of Baskervilles and thought it was the best book he'd ever read. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Time Out said a completely charmless, laughs-free experience. Um, the Observer said puerile, imbecilic, and imbued with the kind of casual 1970s sitcom homophobia that reads all male friendships as somehow suspect. No, I think that's unfair. I think it? that's unfair. That's I don't think this movie plays around with that. I think it's very much explores platonic love and friendship between two men yeah. rather than homophobia there's bits where he kind of he says that he loves watson and stuff when he's and he's like hugging him and kissing him when he goes to rescue him but you feel like that's just part of the it's kind a, of the goof factor of yeah, the platonic love isn't it it's, it's a platonic not... love thing rather than a romantic or sexual love thing there i think that is quite unfair yeah um, i don't feel like it had any sexual undertones no no not at all um uh <laughs> Movie Nation's Roger Was that Moore. Bradshaw? No, that was Re- Wendy Eyed. Okay, oh yeah, yeah. Generally, she's really good. But not here, because obviously this movie deserved 10 out of 10s. No, because obviously she, did, she didn't enjoy a film where men eat onions and shoot bees and, <laughs> and tell a man not to wank on them and piss on each other. <laughs> yeah, And um, pu- long puking scenes. I mean, when you put it like that. 
my my favorite excerpt here is from movie nations roger moore not that roger moore not that one where the excerpt is <laughs> is uh, change your name would you <laughs> The, the, the excerpt here from Movie Nation is, it's just not funny. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's, That's to the point. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which well, all of those critics are wrong, and we are right. <laughs> this film is funny. I, I, yeah, I actually do disagree with with. All it's of a those stupid, critics. goofy gem. Yeah, I, I think this is good. I think this is worth watching. If you go into it expecting one of the most stupid films you've ever seen in your life, yeah. It's not for every evening. It's for the evening when you need something really stupid. Yeah, yeah. If if you've got which for me is of, every evening, obviously. If, <laughs> if you've got sick of rewatching the uh, the fight scenes from Anchorman to get a cheap laugh out of you, then this is a good movie that you can turn to to get that similar kind of experience, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, if you if you liked Anchorman, you'll definitely enjoy this. Yeah, it's got a similar kind of kind of tone to it, doesn't it? yeah um, so um yeah so it's 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 not awful it's not awful. and it has I a musical it. number towards the it, end it suddenly it becomes a musical a, it does have a musical number out of nowhere it's wh- where did that come from it's um yeah very very strange um it's uh yeah it's 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 quite something quite something indeed it is so yeah we'll say yeah go go and watch it there's lots of dour nonsense out there and this is not that yeah, this is well worth watching over other Sherlock Holmes adaptations, I'd say. Absolutely. It's the only Sherlock Holmes adaptation I've seen, and it's the only one I like <laughs> You've got will no ever need, watch. You've got no need to read any Sherlock Holmes, watch any other adaptations. This is, this is it for you. I will never, ever consume any Sherlock Holmes media ever again, apart from Basil the Great Mouse Detective when, I get, when I'm able to show it to my sons. Yes, yeah um this is uh this is this is completely true so a little bit of trivia for you actually no that's not that's not true i've seen the film sherlock bones which is a talking dog detective movie with a very low budget and it shows is it a real dog or is it an animated dog it's a real dog with a voice dubbed over that's that's always bad it's it's awful Um, yeah, so- me and uh, me and a friend of the podcast, Adam Molesky, had a before uh, years and years ago. This is going back a long time. We had we used to do like before I had kids and can travel and whatever. We used to meet up a few times a year and have movie marathons. And one one year we did talking dog like bad talking dog films. There was that one, and there was Cool Dog, and there was something else. I can't remember. It'll come to me. But yeah, Cool Dog. That's a terrible film as well. <laughs> cool Dog. That doesn't sound like a bad movie at all. Um, anyway, right. I've got some. I've got some trivia for us. So, according to Deadline, after the movie's disastrous test screenings, which um, which actually uh, you know were really really bad, uh, Sony attempted to sell the film to Netflix, which then declined to buy it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Steve Coogan is quoted as saying, I, I think in 20 years' time, when the dust has settled and people are able to look at Holmes and Watson objectively, I think people will say it's still rubbish. <laughs> That's a um, good joke. This, uh, this movie had an astonishing number of walkouts when it opened in Christmas 2018, um, which, is, which is quite something. It's um, not very festive, is it? I'll give him that. It's, it's not very festive. Um, uh, Christoph Beck wrote a score for this film. Christoph Beck, famous for the likes of um, Frozen, 
Oh yeah, uh, and uh, and all sorts of other movies. He's done loads over the years. Lots of very uh, famous and successful films. They didn't use his score. Apparently, <laughs> he wrote one and they never used. Yeah, no, because I saw it was a uh, music by Mark Mothersbaugh, who's one of the guys from Devo. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, and I thought the score was cool. And then they just used completely random pop songs from any era at yeah, all, whenever just, they felt like it. Just, uh, just completely, uh, yeah, completely random stuff all the time. It's very odd, isn't it? Um, and uh, a, a little fun thing here for you: um, uh, Ray Fiennes and Steve Coogan have both played Hades in different yeah. movies. So Fiennes was in the remake of Clash of the Titans back in 2010. Hmm. Um, and then Coogan paid him in Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, which That's right. they're, they're doing new Percy Jackson stuff, aren't they? I believe they are. Yes. If you want, I saw the first one. It was all right. If you want to watch a um, a, a children's fantasy series um, about plucky youngsters in a strange fantasy world that isn't written by a raging transphobe, you can watch Percy Jackson. <laughs> no, the guy wrote it for his um, for his autistic son. Yeah, didn't he? yeah. He seems like a, a thoroughly all round lovely fella. Yeah. Um, I haven't yeah. read the books, but I saw the first film and I quite liked it. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? I remember it being decent. Um, and yeah, so they're doing another one, uh, which I think is meant to be out next year. So cool. uh, hopefully that'll be that'll be good. Yeah. God, the secrets of Dumbledore has come out and it's flopped, hasn't it? I, I'm not keeping up with cinema. I haven't even seen the new Sonic 2. When, when am I ever going to go to the cinema again? But, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, apparently it's done very poorly and nobody liked it. Kel surprise. Yeah. Um, so, Soz guys. Yeah, apparently they're they're not even planning in a sequel at this point in time for a wow. Fantastic Beast movie. It's that bad. So, um, we'll see whether they do one. I'm sure they will at some point. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's not a very good sign when it's not no. well enough for them to think about and immediately pressing the button on getting a, a sequel into production. Um, and it couldn't have happened to a, to a more toxic person. individual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, right. So, is there anything else you want to say? Or should we get on to, to, to rating this one? No, let, let's rate it. I think you said it's, it's goofy. It's very stupid. It's it's unique. It's it's got a very very certain silly charm, and if that's what you're looking for, then go and watch it. So I reckon we're going to rate this. Anyone who's not listened before, since it was weird since we've had this little break, I feel like we should give our context for certain things. Um, we rate things out of twenty, and we rate them out of a specific thing to do with the movie that we've watched. So. How many? I can't remember why we rate it out of twenty. I have no idea why, but we do, and people can just deal with it. Um, how many raw onions would you eat like an apple out of twenty? <laughs> I would eat fifteen raw onions. I'm going to be stinking, and the vampires aren't going to come after me. Oh no, that's garlic. <laughs> that's gar- so. the the vampires are just going to be put off by the onion smell. That's it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go just one lower. I'm gonna give it a fourteen. Still, this movie is very stupid and very fun, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it can't go any higher than three quarters of the way because it's not—it's not exactly a groundbreaking piece of cinema, but it's yeah, it's it's enjoyable for what it is, and it's on Netflix, and it'll probably disappear from it soon because everything does. So yeah, better go and watch it now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Get on it, guys. Um, so when you're done with Stranger Things four, there it is. So um, I've got a movie to watch next. I feel like we need to get this. This podcast. has it got Rob Schneider in it? Well sort of it's got what happens if you order rob schneider off wish.com oh oh, okay (laughs) so 
I'm intrigued. I feel like we've not watched an actual incredibly awful rom-com in some time. And there's one here You're right. which I've heard incredibly bad things about that's on Netflix. And it does have a through road from uh, the, the movie we just watched because it does star Lauren Lapkus. Okay. We're going to be watching The Wrong Missy with David Spade. Oh no, David Spade. Yeah. yeah. D- doesn't he star alongside Rob Schneider in many of his <laughs> he terrible does, films? He does, exactly. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I've heard nothing but bad things about that. I have I have heard nothing but awful <laughs> things about this movie and I'm very excited to share it with you. Excellent. This is this is what we like to do. I'm very excited. <laughs> we'll have to do Schneidloon next year. Yeah, next year we'll definitely do Schneidloon. Unless we can shove it into another month this year somewhere. Shall I? August? <laughs> September? <laughs> we could do Schnorgest. Uh, Schnorgest. A Schnorgest board. <laughs> I think we have to do that now, Schnor- don't we? The, the Schnorgest board, yeah. That's what are we, we going to have from the Schnorgest board? <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Yep, okay. Because oh. I think I even already chose the films. You I'm did, gonna, yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. I can't remember which ones you chose, but yeah. Okay, Schnorgust. But Schnorgust. for now, we're going yeah, to eat from the <laughs> Schnorgust board. Um, but for now, we're going to be back next week to talk about The Wrong Missy. Um, so thanks a lot for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. This is Big Boys Don't Cry, where we talk about romantic films, and we rate them, and we talk about other stuff, because it's our fun show um, that we've been doing for over 250 episodes now. It's really, really great to be back. Um, um hope you enjoyed this week's episode and please go and watch Holmes and Watson because it's funny we'll be back next week I already said that I I can't remember (laughs) how the outro goes it's been like two months I can't remember how the outro goes we're on Twitter at bigboysdontpod you can email us bigboysdontcrypodcast at gmail.com but only if you own Holmes and Watson on Blu-ray yeah that's any other emails will be (laughs) the only people we want to hear from yeah that's it alrighty we'll be back next week to talk about the wrong Missy alrighty bye 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 bye